rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right, everybody, I hope, I hope you can hear me. Last night I started the show and nobody could hear me. So I think, hopefully, uh, I'm trying to check myself so I don't go too far into it. And let me see, let me see. Oh, yeah, okay, well, we meet here every, okay, I hear the music. Okay, I'm sorry. You're, oh, thank you, Jim. I'm waiting for my producers in the chat room <laughs> for the feedback, but there's a 10-second delay. So, all right. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for your super chat right out of the gate. I, I see uh, it's a very sparse-looking chat room right now. Hopefully, more people will show up. I said I was going to take attendance tonight. And I meant it. No, whatever. It's probably because it's Labor Day. I forgot that the that it was a holiday coming up. And, yeah, because I never take a, da a damn day off. That's probably why. And I see your chat there. You saw Staten Islanders protesting immigrants? I, I did not see that. Let me look this up. I'm not surprised either. This is what they do. And it's really, I mean, it's, it's so, aren't they, aren't they embarrassed for themselves? You know, you get out of bed in the morning and you go and protest vulnerable and desperate people. That's what you're doing. Because you were born on, in a country that's not a failed state yet. Maybe, you know, uh, the next life, if there really is karma, they'd, uh, and, and there is a next life, which we, I won't, I won't know until I get there. But maybe there is some accountability for these people where they have to, you know, put themselves in the shoes of somebody who has to pick up everything that they own, pick up their, I mean, the clothes on their back, that's it. And their children or their child or uh, their, their elderly mother and cross a desert to try to escape the failed states we helped create and find a life, live. You know, nothing, uh, no one appreciates freedom more than somebody who had to risk everything to obtain it. And we would be better off as a country if we treated people, uh, you know, I mean, with dignity and respect. If we understood that, that these are the kind of people we want in our country that will would would actually appreciate the country. I mean, wouldn't you if you were in their boat, if you were in that position and you were being pushed from your native land because they're not leaving cuz everything's going great over there. They're leaving because they're there's uh they're under threat in some form. So 
that's uh, why. I mean, would you pick up your your life and cross a desert to go to an unknown land where you uh, you kind of? I'm sure they've heard rumors about the Trump Z's that they're not going to be treated or, or greeted with open arms half the time, and just how they it's the uh, they put everything on the line to to try to save their lives and then they get greeted by these these incredibly stupid these ignorant racists frankly at uh on Staten Island who should be ashamed of themselves if they had any if they had any shred of humanity now now I grew up on Staten Island I know these people they should be and trust me they should be embarrassed for themselves. It's the same uh, guy that we played. I mean, he's a typical Staten Islander, that guy. That uh, I can't remember his name now. That stupid artist, so-called artist. He, he draws or paints or whatever the fuck he does. These really, you know, uh, basic gaudy, not very inventive or not very interesting paintings of eagles and stars and friggin', uh, you know, just, you know, like an eagle with a muscle. Fucking stupid, babyish shit that they all eat up because they that's what they think art is. You know, it's like the Nazis, what the Nazis did with art. You know, they got a, they, they had all, there was a big controversy with the Nazis. What was art? What was acceptable art? And of course, all of whatever they turned into art, whatever they thought art was, it was, uh, then there was degenerate art. You know, that was any art that was done by Jewish people or some uh, ostracized and vilified group or a, art that uh, made you think about putting yourself into somebody else's shoes. Uh, the only acceptable form of art was an incredibly low, you know, common denominator uh, art or whatever, a sculpture that had like a woman holding a baby and, and a man looking off into the distance with a plow in his hand or you know, like all the fucking propaganda everywhere. And that's what, I mean, that's what Republicans think art is, too. They, you know, they hate art. They hate books. I was, one of the other stories I had under, uh, you know, in the back of my mind last night was, like, how Texas is um, removing s libraries from their schools and replacing it with what discipline centers? I mean, do you? You couldn't make it up. You could not write it and think you were living in a free country, right? Let me see. Let me look this up. Texas libraries. Libraries. What's that, mommy? It's a place where you get disciplined? Discipline. Where you learn that you should never, ever put yourself in the shoes of anyone else. And then 
if you are expected to, if somebody tries to, to give you a perspective from someone else's point of view, that's being infringed upon. That's the tyranny of the minority. You should feel, why should you feel bad, Johnny? Little baby, Johnny. Oh my God, let me see. You st- yeah, I'm not even kidding here. I'm not kidding. I wish I was. Houston's library plan to convert some school libraries into discipline centers. <laughs> Where do we live? Anybody? Freedom! We live in the land of the free, the home of the brave. So brave, they can't read a book that has uh, a, a, a gay in it. Or they get very triggered. So free. So brave. So brave. These, these, these assholes, they put on their shoes. They put you, they, well, they put their pants. They probably put their shoes on first. Then they put their pants on. And they go out to abuse immigrants who are, you know, just trying to seek a life. And if they don't qualify for asylum, they go, they get, uh, they get to go bye-bye. You know, leave it up to the courts, which is, that's the whole thing, the, the part of the, that's what we did after World War II. So, uh, we, you know, these are the laws we wrote, not just for ourselves, but, you know, internationally, we helped write these laws where you could, you can present yourself at the border and seek asylum, and then you get your day in court. And, of course, Republicans who are disgusting inherently, they give them, uh, oh, they were all complaining because, like, the court dates weren't happening immediately, and then the people were being allowed to go and, you know, live in a shelter or something for a couple of weeks. And... They would say, oh, that's catch and release. And then they would be released into their be- their beautiful shithole communities where the, you know, because they have Republican representatives. And uh, meanwhile, here in reality, the fact is 99% of the asylum seekers made their court dates. You know, Republicans are, are, it's a cottage industry for them to be outraged by things that don't happen. That's another thing that they're, they are famous for. And it's, uh, it's so tedious, you know, they're famous for being outraged about absolute utter nonsense, bullshit that isn't happening, that doesn't exist, but the things that are actually happening that we do need to address, they are, uh, they refuse to acknowledge the existence of those things. They call those things hoaxes. You see, it's like, I can't take it. I can't, I can't take having to deal with them as if they're serious people and they are not they really are not
I don't know. What do you think? You, you guys in the chat will let me know. Where is that? Wait. So I was looking up the Staten Island. I saw it. I saw it. Staten Island. Fucking Staten Island. Leave it to Staten Island. You know? Leave it to them. You never hear anything good. You never hear them. You know, they're always doing something stupid. Protests erupt in Staten Island over new migrant shelter as one man drops his pants and shows stars and stripes underwear. Congratulations. Staten Island. You see, I mean, don't you have any decency? No. Don't you have any dignity? No. A man drops his pants and shows stars and stripes underwear. For for what point? You know, like all you got to do, asshole, is stay home. Do something productive. You know, go volunteer somewhere. Volunteer at a shelter. Go clean the streets. Sweep the fucking sweep streets. Clean up your apartment, you pig. You know? Take a bath. Something. Staten Islanders, do something to improve yourselves. Read a book. Go to a library before they close them. You know, if you don't want to do it, go take a walk. Go to an animal shelter if you can't deal with people. You know, a lot of animals there, they need to dogs in cages. Walk them. You know, do something productive with your limited lifespan. But they don't. This is what they do. They put on their pants. They put on their shoes. They get in their stupid work and jalopies and go uh, to harass the most vulnerable among us, the desperate, the unconnected, right? It's, it's so vile. And then this asshole drops his pants and shows his straws and stripes underwear. For what? You disgrace the stars and stripes. This is a guy that's put, you know, they're all about the flag because they don't have any concept of what the, the substance of the flag is, right? What it means, what it's supposed to be all about. They're about the, 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 uh, the, the show, the performance of patriotism, because the substance of patriotism, the action, is is above their heads. So they they are all about uh, you know they hate people burning the flags, but this guy's leaving skid marks on the flag. He's putting his filthy, stinking balls against the flag. They're, they're filth. And showing it to these vulnerable people who are probably like confused. What, what, what is happening here? One man on Staten Island fought against a large group of protesters who were gathered to oppose the opening of a new migrant shelter by dropping his pants to reveal the American flag on his underwear. 
Hundreds. Hundreds. This is what they are, you see. You, you can't get 100 people to on Staten Island to come out and do anything decent, but they come out to to harass migrants. Demonstrators turned out turned up to rally against the use of the shuttered St. John's Villa Academy. That's where I went to school there for two years. That's a whole other story. And then I went to public school. That's a whole other story. Uh, as a 300-bed makeshift shelter for some of the thousands of asylum seekers who have been shuttered, shuttled from the border of New York, Excuse me. Why can't I talk? Shutter, shuttled from the border to New York City. In a video posted by Freedom News, a count, everybody, you know, it's all about freedom. They hate freedom. They think freedom is a, oh, here it is. Here it is. Wow. I got to show you this. They think freedom is a, a zero sum game. There's only a limited amount. Wow. They really should be ashamed if they had the capacity to feel shame. You see these people? Congratulations. Why do I got to watch this ad now? Oh, wait, hold on a second. Am I... I have it exactly backwards. This guy with the... Under, well, leave it to Staten Island to do everything wrong. This Staten Island asshole is showing his patriotic underwear to people upset about... So he's supposed to be... He's counter-protesting the protesters by showing his underwear like an asshole and making us all look like, like dicks. <laughs> Come on. You see what I'm saying? These people need help. They all do. Even the one who is attempting to act normal. Why? Why are you pulling your pants down? You, you, I hate when that happens. When... Those who are attempting to be on the right side of an issue completely play into their hands, the hands of these morons. Because, you know, the other thing is, I guess it must be for a Staten Islander to, if you're protesting the, the protesters, I don't know what this, the whole backstory of this guy, but... It's maybe there's some kind of social contagion going on where you're around so many people who don't know how to behave all the time. And that's how you think you're supposed to behave, because this is what Trump Anzies do. They just act like, you know, they're just bullies and they do stupid things. And they're I mean, we're looking at all of the the morons being carted off to jail now. Screaming Trump won as they're being carted off. Hold on. We'll be right back. 
And then it says the incident near uh, the incident near blows or comes to blows or something like that. As some shoving takes place, ultimately violence was avoided. Wow! Look at these people. Look at these fucking people. I'm so glad I got out of there. Oh, my God. Who's this? Oh, my Jesus. A man, a man led the hundreds of protesters in a chant of save our children. What are you doing? Save our children. Save our children from this. From this show of indecency and inhumanity. Save our children... Why don't you save our children by taking them to, you know, to taking them to some uh, to New York Cares, some volunteer place? What are you doing? What kind of an example is this for the children? You tell the children that you you uh, go, you get out of bed, you go to, you gather with your fellow idiots to harass people who are who are terrified. And alone in a country that's not their own, and they're hoping desperately that they can make something of themselves here, that they could stay, because the alternative is is far too terrifying. That's why they're here. Oh, I hate these people. Oh, my God. New York City Mayor Eric Adams must call on Joe Biden to close the border. Shut up. Shut up. All of you. And sh just go. Oh, of course. No effing way. Mayor Adams is a dork. That's one of the signs. Very scintillating political discourse going on on Staten Island. Look at all the white faces, too. Every single face, white. Some white, pasty-faced idiot who was born here, lucky enough to be born here. They don't have to pick up their shit and cross a desert. Try to get some freedom. Americans over migrants. Oh, yeah, sure. Sure, bitch. This is the one that's sitting uh, drinking our tears half the time, right? This bitch won't even put a piece of cloth on her face to save uh, a, a single other American, right? She's one of the ones that talk about your health, your problem. Right? But, oh, Americans over migrants, when it's convenient. When, and when she means Americans, she means white people. That's it. White people. Now, you better believe if these were, uh, Nor if these were Norwegians, you think that there'd be a, a racist rally against it? Of course not. 
Oh, Curtis Lee. Arrested. Because he threw a punch? Now, this looks like... This is not Staten Island. This is New York City. Oh, Jesus, help me. Oh, Jesus, take the wheel. When will Jesus take the wheel? This is ginger ale. I, ha I actually am not feeling great tonight. I think I have a bit of a migraine or something. So I feel a little nauseous. That's why I'm not drinking my coffee. Yeah, is there something in the water? <laughs> Jim asks in Staten Island. Well, it's it's social contagion. That's what it is. The you know, a lot of people are not that smart in general, as we know. So they and they're easily influenced. And Staten Island is a very insular place. They there's people there that don't ever leave Staten Island. They stay in their little neighborhoods. They live and die there. And they, you know, they watch Fox News all the time. They, and they all influence each other. So that's what, that, you know, that's why it's the only Republican borough. Of course, normal people are there too. But, but yeah, it's a lot of right wingers there. But it, it it's because of the social contagion. It is, that's, you know, people are easily led. It's, that's why we have red states and blue states. You know what I mean? It's not that, you know, I mean, well, I we know what happens is, though, a lot of times, not all the time, of course, when when normal people are in a red state, a lot of times, you know, they leave. They can't take it anymore. So they go to they go to California. They go to New York. They want to whatever. That's why you have a lot a lot more, you know, solidly blue states in uh, or or they go to the cities where the uh, you know, especially where you'll find more uh diversity, more acceptance for for difference and less stupidity in general and i live in queens you know it's a the it is the most culturally diverse borough well they call it the world's borough it's the most well is it uh astoria now or well well queens in general it used i don't know about the last census but one of the Recent census, it said that, um, I can't remember now, Jackson Heights or wherever, whatever, uh, is the most, Queens is the most culturally diverse neighborhood or place in the country. And it's true. There's so many, so many communities here, Irish, Lithuanian you know, you'll find every every culture here, and it's not it's not a bad thing. It's actually kind of cool and fun and different, and you learn a lot. You meet people from all over the world. 
So when you're a moron here and you're a racist, you just don't have a lot of uh, outlets. And most people, you, it's not accepted. You, you start talking that shit. People are like, are you kidding me? But that's what happens on Staten Island. I told you stories about people that I've encountered. Like my friend's husband. When he, when he, uh, he said, oh, you live in Queens? A lot of N-words out there, right? Okay. That's just, and I was like, what? I was shocked. I was just like, what, what year is this? And I said to him, this is how you talk? Are you kidding me? And, you know, my friend was like, <laughs> like embarrassed. But that's who they are. A lot of N-words out there. Right? Like, I'm going to be, like, that's what he expects from another white person. Because this is what you, that's all you encounter. Because, you know, you just talk like that. So when he sees a white person, he's like, oh, well, yeah, a lot of N-words, right? But he, and, he didn't, and he didn't say N-words. And I'm not talking about 25 years ago this happened. You know what I mean? This is who they are. How do you talk like that? How do you behave like that? And because I'm white, I'm uh, as white as Casper the ghost, actually, pigment-wise, he thinks I'll be like, yeah, sure are. I mean, the, it shows a very, a very weak mind. A very stupid mind, and and there's, there's the studies to back it up that conservatives, well, let's put it this way: people who I'm putting the cart before the horse, the the low um, IQ, low effort thinkers are attracted to political conservatism, and racism and racism and low IQ go hand in hand and let me tell you you know my friend's husband is not exactly a Rhodes scholar no intellectual curiosity going on alright so there you go turning libraries into discipline centers in Texas. Now, how is that going to work out for the future of the country? You know, um, one of the country's largest districts is turning school libraries into discipline rooms. <laughs> Where do we live? You know, if I heard this coming out of Afghanistan or, you know, when the Taliban took over, I would I would not be surprised. School librarians and media specialists at 28 of Houston's independent school districts and uh, 274 campuses will not be returning to their former jobs this year's because this year, 
why can't I talk? Because their libraries are being turned to discipline rooms. Let's see. Houston Superintendent Mike Miles was appointed in June by the Texas Education Agency because he's a he's a charter school scumbag. And that's all Republicans are are nothing but ideologues who are inflicting their view of this of the world on a country that is trying to be a liberal, constitutionally limited democratic republic, a modern nation, you know, all those things we're trying to be. The only thing standing in our way are right-wingers. And the only thing that stands in the way, they, they, they're the only thing that stands in the way all over the world. Except here, they, they got a foothold. So these are ideologues, and they don't want it any other way. They don't, they don't want to hear it, you know? They're not trying to compromise. So they don't believe in government. They believe in selfishness. They believe in serfdom. Serfdom for you and everything else for them. So, yeah, the affected libraries are all in... Three historically poor performing high schools, the District West website says, so whatever. Jesus, it's just incredible. Attempts to contact the Houston District for more information were unsuccessful. Houston Mayor Sylvester Turner condemned the plan, saying you cannot have a system where you're closing libraries for some schools in certain neighborhoods, while more affluent neighborhood schools have libraries that are open and stocked with books. It's crazy. Well, yeah, this is where we live. And they, and they keep voting Republican, too, right? The performance artists who are... Well, that's what's happening. See, the performance artists get fanned out all over the country. They're from Sea to Shining Sea. And uh, while the, the rest of the um, Republicans concentrate money and wealth in the hands of a few, while the performance artists put on a show, they, they put on the outrage show for the, the morons, like the, like the idiots on Staten Island. They're outrage. That's all they know is outrage. You see, they would never meet, like for example, they meet meet those migrants with compassion or uh, understanding. You know what I mean? They they come out with anger at these people. What are the What are they gonna do? What are the migrants gonna do? They're terrified. What? They, but they don't care. These these bastards, and of course you want to. Uh, we w if we went into that crowd and we interviewed them, what what do you think they would say? They'd say, they'd all talk about Jesus. Are you a Christian? Of course, of course they're Christian. They and, and Staten Island is you're either Irish or you're Italian, for the most part. Everybody I knew on Staten Island 
was either Irish or Italian. Some were Irish and Italian and Italian, you know? So everybody I knew growing up was either Irish or Italian. And, you know, most, uh, every, I can't even think. Did I know any Jewish kids? No, not really. Everybody was Christian in some form. Mostly Catholic. And, uh, yeah, trying to think. I had zero black friends. There was no black kids in any of my, my classes growing up. No. Not at all. Not a one. Not a one. I don't know what it's like now. I doubt it's any much different. There was no black kids, no Jewish kids, nobody different. Everybody was either Christian, Irish, or Italian. And I didn't even know, like, there was any other thing. Like, you could be anything else. (laughs) It was sort of like with Chinese food when I was growing up. My father would get Chinese food, and it was always chicken chow mein. And when I got older, and I went to a Chinese restaurant on my own, and I saw there was an entire menu. That's what it's like for these right-wingers. You understand? And I couldn't believe it. I was like, look, there's like so many other choices here. It's not just chicken chow mein. I thought that Chinese food was chicken chow mein. It's sort of like pizza is pizza and Chinese food is chicken chow mein. I didn't know there were all different things. And it's not like I went into the Chinese restaurant. I was like, what is this? And I rejected it. Like, fake news. This is woke. I'm out of here. I can't take it. It's, it's, uh... Choice paralysis. I can't help. I can't handle it. It's a it's a plot. It's a hoax. Too many. I was like, holy shit! I'll I'm gonna have I'm gonna have I'll have this. I'll try that. I want this. You know. I was like a whole. It was like the window to Oz opened up, and then suddenly everything was in Technicolor. That's what they they live in the black and white world, right wingers. Incredible. Kathy says, "I always thought prejudices stem from lack of knowledge of others. No excuse, but maybe a reason why people are like that. They don't know any better, as they learn it from their elders, the family, etc. It's true. I guess yeah, it's true." See, my father was kind of racist growing up. Not a hundred percent. Well, yeah, I mean, kinda. He it wasn't. He wasn't like Archie Bunker, but you know, he said racist things because he would say. I think I told you. You know, I I was in school and I something happened. I didn't get a. I got like a. I got. I used to get a lot of scholarships. I mean, I'm not bragging, but whatever. And. uh yeah. Anyway, something I didn't get something, some scholarship, half a scholarship or something. I don't know. And my father said, uh, "That's because your skin is white." That's what he would say, like shit like that. He wasn't like dropping the n word, but 
No, he, he was listening to Rush Limbaugh. But so even though this was my environment, I I knew like he was fucked up. You know what I mean? I don't know. Some people, not that I am trying to think. Some people are just not, they're just fearful. They're inherently fearful. And when I, you know, being exposed to other people, I don't know. It was always, it wasn't a, something that made me afraid, you know? I don't know. I was always interested in finding it. it was to me it was curiosity. I liked learning about things and learning about the big amazing incredible world that we'll never learn everything about. That's why I wish I, li I had another 100 years to live, but oh well. Anyway, I don't know. Ah. Uh, <sighs> They should be embarrassed. That's it. Aren't they embarrassed? Here's an example of uh, Republicans wasting our time with performance. Sit with liberals that want to control every damn aspect of your life. Biden came in. One of the first things they wanted to do was ban gas stoves. New York State has now done that for new construction. They're trying to go after and regulate ceiling fans. I got to tell you, it's hot in Texas. We don't want to get rid of our ceiling fans. And now these idiots have come out and said, drink two beers a week. That's their guideline. Well, I got to tell you, if they want us to drink two beers a week, frankly, they can kiss my ass. <laughs> oh, so tough, Ted Cruz. First of all, no one is banning or telling them to drink two beers a week. I'll be right back. Look at that face. Somebody has to, ta I need to take this image right here and feed it into the AI and turn it into a baby bottle. It's a perfect shot. But that's Ted Cruz, because what else does he have? You know, when the, his community needs him, he fucks off to Cancun. He's out of there. His, his ass is out of there. You see, there is no... Um, what do you, whatever he's talking about this is this is performance art there's no guidelines you know how we have guidelines or uh they used to have like the food pyramid or you know according to to, to Ted Cruz and Republicans if anybody says anything if the government says you know oh, studies have shown that you should maybe not eat um, you know, shit all day. You should not eat McDonald's every fucking night. Try to stay away from fried food or whatever. You know, if you're trying to lose weight, you if you try to exercise, don't eat all that shit that that they sell you at the Trump and Z Nuremberg rallies. Even if it has Trump's ass on it, you don't you don't want to lick it. I know it's I know it's difficult but to control yourselves but um there's no um there's this is nothing it's not a thing you know we do have things that need to be addressed but not this 
He rages against this non-existent thing. This is from cron.com. It says, Ted Cruz rages against the non-existent Biden beer limit. And what this is, a, I mean, and one example, this is today's example of Ted Cruz wasting everyone's time. Who votes for this fucking guy? Who votes for him? That's what always gets me, you know? It's not... I mean, Ted Ted Cruz is, is a vile scum, waste of life, waste of human DNA. He's a disgraceful lick spittle that has no dignity, has no decency. He's useless. He's not... I mean, he really is. It's, uh, tell me... What I'm saying that isn't true. He has one job, but then when a crisis hits, he fucks off to Cancun. He leaves everybody behind. That's the Republican way. Save your own skin. He leaves his dog behind. That's what he did. He left his dog in the freezing home. Oh, well, hope you're... Hope you're doing all right. Hope you you survive. I'll be back. I'm going to Cancun. They couldn't even... Why didn't you take the dog? How do you leave your dog behind in a freezing, no-heat house and fuck off to Cancun with your brats? Because, you know, you don't want to teach them responsibility, the party of personal responsibility doesn't want to teach their children who they're always crying about the children save the children but don't want to teach the children that you don't leave your animal in a freezing house and fuck off to cancun in the middle of a crisis seriously much less you don't leave your constituents when you're the senator and he's like well what was i gonna do and then he blamed it on his kids. Um, but I was just being a good dad. No, you weren't. Like you think they are, they're, those two kids are like, Daddy, please, we can't go to Cancun without you. You're the funnest dad ever. You're the best Cancun partner. They don't want you there. When he walks in the room, they're like, get out. Especially they're getting older. They don't want him around. Have you seen the video when they, these, his children were young? And his daughter, he was trying to kiss his daughter for the camera. Like, oh, I love my kids. And the daughter was like, ew, get away from me. Fuck off. Cancun cruise. That ugh. he was like, she was like, go, go. Like he had cooties. He's filth. Ugh. Beer limit. What is it? And then he has to put on this show with these morons. And you see, like, this is what they are. All of them. Beer belly, big fat guts with all doing this stupid performance in unison. Put on your put on your hat. 
you know, you're an everyman, Ted, right? Get all these white idiots to line up behind you. And when you drink, everybody drinks in unison to protest something that isn't happening. If that isn't the the perfect uh, tableau of republicanism, I don't know what is it, right? I mean, everything that we've been witnessing, the freaks on Staten Island, these freaks and their Ted Cruz that they keep, you know, inflicting on themselves. Why? That's what's so baffling to me. Why are you, why? I mean, don't you have any self-respect? I guess not. Of course not. You vote for Ted Cruz? That says it all, that you have no self-respect. That you don't that you don't want success. That you don't want you don't expect anybody who is who actually knows what he's doing. You just have this podcaster sitting there putting on a show. You know, meanwhile Biden's doing actual things. You know, lowering drug prices, helping relieve student loan debt. Jobs, creating jobs, more jobs in two years than uh, any other administration in four years. Bringing back manufacturing. We're finally manufacturing chips here in the country. Uh, The Infrastructure Reduction Act and the, um, you know, not (laughs) Inflation Reduction Act, you know, the Infrastructure Bill. The infrastructure reduction. That's like, that's what's been going on for 50 goddamn years. But finally, in infrastructure week came to fruition. But everywhere you look, I mean, even speaking of the infrastructure thing, which includes green energy, green jobs. What? Ted Cruz is 52? No way. He looks so much older. Is he really? Oh my God. He looks so much older than 52, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, lowest unemployment since the 1960s. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy, on the chat. And... Everywhere you look, Republicans are standing in the way. They're, they're just today. The, um, you know, because of the, this illegitimate, filthy fascist, indecent, and corrupt Supreme Court that uh, said that Biden's student loan forgiveness was unconstitutional for some reason because they just make shit up. They pull it out of their ass. And um, Republicans, you know, so they're trying different ways to re- to give, offer relief to student loan uh, for student loans, which is crushing, and it's also um, stifling the um, you know it's stifling the economy, it's stifling the the future, and Republicans are already 
upset. In fact, I saw something on um, on uh, what do you call it on MSNBC where they were talking about this this latest um, what is it called the student I'm looking it up. It's called the Save Act, and it is. The Student Aid Virtual Environment Plan, which has, which is the most affordable, most affordable student loan repayment plan ever to lower monthly payments for millions of borrowers. The plan is designed to cut many borrowers' monthly payments to zero, save the bother, save other borrowers. I can't say that word around a thousand dollars a year and prevent balances from ballooning over time. The SAVE plan is a new form of income-driven payment repayment plan that the Department of Education says will phase out the current plan. Hold on. The Department of Education says it will phase out the current revised pay-as-you-earn plan, that it, um, and this plan eliminates 100% of the remaining interest for both subsidized and unsubsidized loans after scheduled payment is made. If you make your monthly payment, you could still be eligible, blah, blah, blah. The save plan is intended to be more generous than prior uh, options, particularly for those with undergraduate debt. With the save plan, any accrued but unpaid interest relative to the calculated payments gets waived and disappears. Okay, so um, already some people are waking up this morning or they woke up this morning and they checked their student loan balance and it was zero because of this this plan. And, and you know, that's a lot of, that's a big deal. That's a life-changing big deal for people because now they can get established. Now that money can go to other things like a home, a mortgage, you know, they could enjoy their lives a little more. There's some breathing room. They have children. They could, you know, like, uh, like the, what went on in the, in, uh, in the pandemic, the, uh, extra, whatever, the 300, the child, um, income tax credit that, People, the monthly child, I can't remember what it was called now. Somebody on the chat will remind me. And we we talked about that, how it was, it was uh, a lifesaver for so many Americans. And these filthy fascists took it away. They just took it away. We, well, not just, it wasn't just the, the Republicans also... Um, Joe Manchin, he's an effective Republican anyway, but they just took it away. One woman, yes, the child tax credit. Thank you, Jim. Um, she, she used her child tax credit to pay for her son's karate lessons, things like that. And then also uh, somebody else was paying for their child's to take music lessons, you know, things that, you would think we would like kids to to be able to cultivate these uh, these skills because it makes them a more well-rounded 
human being helps their brains develop, helps them become a f- uh, you know, adults who contribute to society in, the, in a diverse and interesting world that we live in. Don't you want people who are, you know, have some unique skills and you know, can fucking play a piano? God. Yep, those things enrich our children, as Winston says. But Republicans are like, oh, that's your your health, your problem, your problem. And then, of course, you have the, the Staten Island assholes. You know, Americans over, you know, everyone else. Bullshit. These are the same people who are saying, who would say, oh, well, not my problem. They don't seem to get it. Of course, whatever they get is earned and they deserve it because half of them are on, they're all on all sorts of public assistance. I'm telling you, I know the, I'm talking about these Staten Islanders now that I know personally. The anecdote, of course, this is anecdotal, but they are all on. I told you, this is uh, one woman who, uh, she hates, hates, uh, you know, she's a big Trump banzee. I, I know her from my friend who, I grew up in Staten Island, and the the people that I grew up next door to, they still live there. You know, now they're 80 years old, but I still keep in touch with them. They're like my second parents, and they're normal people. That's why, probably why I stay in touch with them. Couldn't handle it otherwise if they were Trump Z's, you know, because that's what Trump does. That's what Republicans do. You know, they break up families, they break up friendships. You know, oh, I have something in my teeth. So, um, what? Happy birthday, Winston! I'll sing those. I'll sing you a song in a second. And uh, so, she was saying, she was telling me what one of her friends, you know, is a big Trump anzee, and she just says, I can't get into it with her. I can't take it. You know, she's so annoying. And with the stupid Trump, and she's always talking about Biden and Hunter Biden. I mean, it's like they, they're like, they're on a, um, you know, their programs. Because before it was Hunter Biden, uh, it's, it was uh, Obamacare, right? It was death panels. It was whatever they're being told. You know, if Ted Cruz had his way, if that took off, it would be beers. They're telling us to drink two beers. When we want to, I want them to drink it all. Drink everything. Drink every day. Eat as much crappy food. I want you to be as unhealthy as you are. You understand? I just, because I want, make room. Darwin, take the wheel. And so, anyway, so the as my friend was saying that, uh, you know, the end of this story. Not only is she, this woman who hates everything, hates uh, welfare, hate, she's on effing public, she has a, um, a daughter who is developmentally disabled. I don't know what in what way, but she's on 
Social Security disability. I mean, we know these stories. It's it's almost it's a goddamn cliche. They take Social Security disability, and everybody else is a taker. You know, they deserve it. But never ever let them say thank you, because if it was up to right wingers, they wouldn't even have that. They'd be on the streets. And I told you about the guy I know from, uh, you know, the the uh, community of recovering people, right? Who are who has the he has he's living with HIV because he was an IV drug user back in the day, and he's clean. He's in the he's in the program or whatever, but he's on on disability. That's how he lives. He's on Medicaid. That's how he that's how he is alive. He gets his medication courtesy of we the people. And he's the biggest filthy fascist who can't help himself. And I know this is what I can't stand about them. You know, you go to meetings, you want to just talk about your life, but you got to hear these filthy freaks going on about you know they always have to inflict some of their their bullshit into the into you know their share let's say oh i'm just sharing about it because it's affecting me they'll they'll but they can't they don't know how to behave you you know what i mean they can't help it and i i can't tell you how many times i got to sit there listening to this guy talk about oh liberals liberals well, I'm like, you'd be fucking dead, buddy, if not for liberals. I'm so sick of these people. But anyway, they because they make us sick. They make the whole country sick. And it's sickening. Yep, yep. What was I talking about? Winston. It's your birthday, Winston? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Winston. Happy birthday to you. Yay! All right. Thank you, Winston, for being born and making the world a better place. It's true. What would we do without you, really? I'm not kidding. Un- unlike right-wingers, because when, they, when they're when they born, uh, the world's like, oh, shit, here we go. Right? They bring nothing. They add nothing of value. Anyway, all right. I'm going down many tangent roads tonight and not talking about anything I've planned on talking about, but that's okay. That's how we roll on the terror buster. What was I going to tell? Well, I guess we could... I was going to say something about unions because it is Labor Day. And one of the good things... I guess we could just talk about this. Let me see the time here oh <laughs> you see i don't know if you guys know the new photoshop has a um 
what do you call it? It has AI in it. So I just I just want to show you. I took the that picture of Ted Cruz and I told the Photoshop to put a binky in his mouth. Let's see. It's not really that great. Didn't really do such a great. Here, it gives you three. It gives you three options. Where's the other one? I said baby binky. Baby bottle. Let's try again. Let's see what it'll do. This is not very interesting for the people on the audio only feed. So let's see. Baby bottle. Did I say bottle or binky? Baby binky. Takes a minute. Oh, it's not going. Baby Binky. Baby. We'll just do this and I'll get back to the other things. Hold on a second. Binky. Try adding feathering or opacity to content to blend into your scene. <laughs> All right. Is that a Binky? Look at that. It has it holding. He He's holding it. It's pretty incredible. All right. Could be better, but... Right? I think so. So, one of the good things I have hope... Well, one of the ways I have hope for the future is that young people are are pretty progressive, right? Like all the things that that's why you got to think like this is why Republicans are working their ass off to make um uh, you know to limit libraries, to remove libraries, to um to cut down on uh courses that people can take or learn, things that they can learn, African-American history, which always pisses me off, to tell you the truth, because isn't African-American history just plain old American history, right? It's just history. It's not African-American. Oh, you could focus on a group of people, obviously, that, but this is why Republicans are just disgusting. It's all American history, the good and the bad. That's all American history. Why don't they just teach, um, you know, the good parts or so, according to them? Good American history. Good, uh, what would you call it? Ba what would it? it would be babyish American history. It would be infantile history. History for the emotionally... Un, uh, the emotionally unstable and uh, the uh, emotionally immature. That's what it is. Because history is history. It's the history of this country, whether you like it or not. I'm so sick of them. Sick of them trying to, you know, the, you know, as Ted Cruz is talking about how, oh, liberals are trying to uh, tell us what to do again. 
Are we really? Tell you, uh, suggest that you drink two beers a week, which is not even a thing. It's not even happening. And no one's forcing you, right? Even if that was a thing where they said, well, there were other guidelines where they suggested you have, uh, what is it, three servings of fruits and vegetables. What are you going to do now, Ted Cruz? What are you going to do about that besides poop your Go go get some onion rings from McDonald's and show us how freedom. Right? They told me to eat a vegetable. If that isn't the epitome of a of a child having a tantrum, what is? Right? Isn't that what children having tantrums do when you say, you know, you should eat your vegetables? And then the child poops their diapers. Mm, No, I don't want it. That's Republicans. That's what we've just witnessed with Ted Cruz, who is 52 years old. I'm older than Ted Cruz, by the way. Can you believe that? That's why I'm in shock. I'm like, that's what 52 looks like now? That looks like shit. Looks a lot like 62. And uh, it looks like a hard, hard, hard living. Yes, ketchup was a vegetable. That's right, Kathy, according to Reagan. So, but here's some good news for Labor Day. Nearly 90% of young people support unions, which is good. And, you know, they're progressive. Yes, the producer is sleeping. So is Francis Ray and Boudicca are in the... Um, they were in the bedroom because they were acting out. They were acting crazy. I had to put them in the bedroom. Thank you, Terry. You look 10 years younger. Maybe it's my emotional. I don't know. I don't think it's that, though. Some people just look older. They act older. In my mind, I'm not old. So I think it's a mind thing, too. So, and also, don't smoke. I don't know, whatever. Nearly 90% of young people support unions. So as labor activity is surging across the country, polling has found that young people are saying they favor unions at overwhelmingly high levels. Support that labor organizers say is unprecedented. According to polling conducted by the GBAO, For the AFL-CIO, a whopping 88% of people under 30 say that they approve of labor unions, while 90% say they approve of strikes. And this is a far higher proportion than other groups, which 69% of those aged 39 to 49 support unions. 
and 67% of those over 50 saying the same. Support for strikes is at 72%. Well, I mean, these these are all high um, levels of support. That's right. Kathy says, it's the Irish. We feel young. We look young. It could be. You're right. You're right. You're right, girl. I agree. This is an extra extraordinary supporter of, of the labor movement. And, uh, yeah, I think that's good. That's all I'm saying. That, that's some scintillating commentary, I know. That's real good. That is good. But there's been a lot of victories for the labor movement in America recently, and I'm pretty... Uh, I'm pretty with it, you know. I'm pretty. I'm I'm there for it. So let's see. Recent victories for the labor movement. Well, I guess we'll have to find out on the other side of this break. Damn it! All right, we're back. We're back. So let's see. Here's some thirty. Victories for workers' rights won by organized labor over the years. Of course, we know. I mean, this is why education is important. Those who do not know their history are doomed to repeat, are doomed to lose their rights. And that's why when when I was reading these articles about the labor movement and and some of the victories that labor um, that can be attributed to the labor movement. I, all I kept thinking was like everywhere we look when there is a victory or, um, you know, uh, if there, wherever you're, wherever there are people trying to improve their lives, there are right wingers Republicans, conservatives standing in the way. And now because it's because people don't know the history of the labor movement, they take it for granted, just like the Staten Island morons take their socialist security disability checks for granted and their Medicaid medication for granted. And they sit and complain about liberals while they're literally alive because of liberals. Um, you know, we're, that's why Republicans are able to get away with rolling back progress, like Sarah Huckabee Sanders signing, uh, you know, a, a, a hit to child labor. <laughs> Arkansas... Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders signed a bill in 2023 significantly weakening child labor protections for the state. I, I, you know, for years they were, you know, every now and then one of these freaks would talk about, uh, we need to, we need training wages and things like that with kids. We need kids in the workforce, teaching them responsibility, training wages. When I was young, I, you know, I did this, that, and the other thing, and the kids should get to work. But it's always going to be poor kids that have limited, limited options because 
Republicans and their paymasters need a, a large pool of exploitable and desperate workers uh, to exploit. Yeah, easily exploitable workers. That's what they want. And desperate workers who will not, who not, who will not stand up, who will not demand a union because they are afraid. Because they're just they're living check to check. They're hanging by a thread. They're grateful for the scraps and the crumbs. So. <clears throat> The bill eliminates the state's requirement to verify that children are at least 16 years old before they can receive a job, which re weakens official oversight of child labor practices in the state. The new law is part of a push by some Republican-led states to loosen child labor laws despite the federal officials seeking to crack down on these offenses. Oh, big government, big government is coming for the for them to roll. They, we're trying to roll back child labor, and here comes big government, big nanny government, telling us that we can't send our little brats to work. No, they don't want to send their little brats to work. You understand? Sarah Huckabee Sanders' brats are not going to work. It'll be your brats who are not brats. They're probably good kids because you're raising them right. <laughs> not like Trump and Z's. You're taking your kids to, to uh, you know, the library. You're taking them to drag queen story hour. Not, you're not taking them to the Trump and Z rally. Nuremberg rally, or you're not taking them to scream at migrants, desperate and, and afraid migrants who are vulnerable and looking at you confused and frightened, and you're like, freedom. And that's who they are, right? So the rollback comes less than a month after the Department of Labor finds a company for employing children as young as 13 to clean razor-sharp saws with caustic chemicals, inclu including at two Arkansas meatpacking plants. Could you imagine the, the stuff of nightmares that goes on in these slaughterhouses? And they're sending kids in there to clean razor-sharp saws and caustic with caustic chemicals it's disgusting what does that do to a person to a kid around all oh, just don't worry about it because you're that damaged person will end up in our communities that'll be the one that'll you know come into your house in the middle of the night and choke you out like the freaking night stalker that's what they're doing Child welfare advocates worry that the measures represent a co coordinated push to scale back hard-won protections for minors. So can you th just think about that sentence? Child welfare advocates. Shouldn't we all be child welfare advocates? Now, these are the fake-ass child welfare advocates who say, 
Oh, uh, what about the children when um, a trans, a, a family with a trans child wants to get their, their child their gender-affirming care? Oh, the children, the children. But not about, you know, the children going into these, these nightmare slaughterhouses, uh, cleaning razor-sharp saws. And I'm not making it up. This is what happened. Okay. Well, this is why, you know, you don't vote Republican. You want to have a decent civilization that you can be proud of, that, that protects people, you know, that, you know what I mean? It's just like, isn't that what it's all about? Why form this giant club called the American people, right? Why? What's the point? I mean, there, there's supposed to be some benefits to being an American, right? Like, you, that's what the government is there for. We, we form government. We band together. We say, these are the rules of our club. And we're going to be a club that, you know, is diverse. We want everybody in this club. And we would like us, you know, to all kind of uh, come to an to agreement. So we're going to vote on things in our communities. Because we're going to have to live together. And in our club, it's going to, you know, because we want to have a club that's, uh, that's kind of good. We want to send kids to school we want clean streets we want safe streets we're gonna pay for things and if you you're sick you go to a doctor because you know we're in this club we're in this together oh no 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 that's too much what what is the point of these of of a republican government well anyway what do they bring to the table, I wonder? Nothing, but nothing but a performance. That's it. I'm just looking at the time. Oh, my God, we're going to lose the progressive voices community in a minute. If you can, become a patron at patreon.com slash devil. That would really help, you know? Me, emotionally, spiritually. Maybe even sexually. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> Help keep the show going and growing. I was just thinking about uh, so many things. Well, the performance, the Republican performance art we were talking about yesterday, Vivek Ramaswamy, who is a performance artist. And uh, he was told not to play Eminem's music. Okay, well, if you want to learn more about this, Progressive Voices, come on over to youtube.com slash C for channel slash Tarabuster. I will be co-hosting the Mike Malloy Show on Monday and Tuesday with Robin Kincaid. So check that out while Mike is taking off. Taking Molly back to college, all right? But we will win. Remember that. We're on the right side of history. 
We're on the right side of decency, dignity, democracy, humanity. We stick together, we win. Become a patron at patreon.com slash taradevil and I'll see you soon. Alright. Not too bad, not too bad. How's everybody doing? How is everybody doing on the chat? I just finished my ginger ale. I feel like okay now. Yeah, Ramaswamy is one slick fascist, says Winston on the chat. You got it. So, I don't know if you saw that Eminem said that uh, he, in the long list of musicians who tell Republicans to stop using their music, Eminem, I think he's he's told them before, though they've used his music before, and he's he's had to say uh uh-uh, uh uh uh, like I say to my cats when they when they do something, I don't like them to do. I go uh 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 uh, they know that noise. So that's the that's what you got to do to the right wingers. You're like uh uh-uh. uh. So um, Eminem told. Vivek Ramaswamy to stop embarrassing himself with his uh, by by rapping. In fact, oh God, I can't take this guy. I don't really want to go off on a whole other tangent about him because we were talking about him yesterday. But I have this clip of Ramaswamy rapping. I and we have to watch it. It's. It's really the, it's a cringe. It's a cringe-worthy clip. If I can freaking find it. I have so many clips. Rama. Rama. That's why uh, I need a producer. Become a patron. Rama Swami. Oh, and here, well, here, while I look up him, uh, his, the actual rap, he, this is uh, Andrea, or Andrea, Andrea, uh, Mitchell, asking him about it, and it's, he's got balls, baby. Hello, I'm Vivek, and I want to ask you, of all the Democratic candidates out there. Oh, wait, is this, wait, hold on. It's at the end. It's not what I've said, but, but you can you can play Nikki Haley's lies. You sure. said we- <laughs> but I said, at which point we will oh, candidate, God. Andrea. I'm the only presidential candidate who has said. Oh, shut up. You need friends. Shut up, shut up. When Russia has a larger nuclear stockpile and super EMP capabilities and hypersonic missile capabilities oh, ahead of. Oh, goodbye. Where is. To have another conversation about how you would end the Russian and Chinese partnership, which uh, goes well beyond yes. Ukraine and, and goes into a deep rooted partnership. But let me ask you finally about Eminem. They've sent you a cease and desist through the music licensing company to stop using Lose Yourself on the Trail. Have yes. you agreed to move on? Yeah, look, I think that uh, I'll, I'll respect his wishes, but I would just say, will the real Slim Shady please stand up? <laughs> Eminem, in his rise, used to be a guy who actually stood up to the establishment and said the things that the establishment didn't want him oh to say. God. I think the fact that my political viewpoints may differ from his, I think people change over the course of their lives. But I have hope for him that he will one day re- rediscover the renegade that made him great, and I'm rooting for that success in his life. Wow. Well, you say, what a... 
charlatan he is. He really does remind me of Ted Bundy. I don't know about you. I've seen Ted Bundy. You, all you got to do is watch Ted Bundy representing himself. It's pretty interesting if you go on YouTube and you just, I mean, knowing what a, what a filthy, disgusting waste of life he is and this horrible, gross dis person, you know, who shouldn't have never been born, the world would have been better off. And he's up there. I mean, they really, they remind me of Ted Bundy in a lot of ways. You know, the sociopathy, the dead eyes, the fake smile, the uh, superficial charm, the selfishness, the extreme selfishness beyond these. And then, and if, here's the other thing, if Ted Bundy was didn't go into um, his hobby of murdering women. Um, he would have been a Republican, or a Republican, excuse me, politician because he was working for the governor of uh, Washington at the at the time. I think uh, I can't remember who who exactly, but he was he was working for the um, you know the Republican Party. And his, his, uh, he just reminds me of, of him, his, when, it, and when he was proclaiming his innocence, how he would just, how he would, he would phrase things and, you know, ha ha ha, smiling all the time. And this, and that's why there were some people that actually believed, you know, this guy could not have been a uh, you know the uh, the psychopath that he that he is, and uh, will the real I mean the real slim shady stand up? He stood up to the establishment. He you are the establishment. He's a a farmer bro who made money in uh, w with Martin Shkreli. If there's nothing more, if there's nothing more establishment, I mean, I would like to know what it is. Ha <laughs> ha, I will respect his wish. I mean, the, everything, the enunciation, the over-enunciation, there's nothing sincere about him. And that's why he really is like Ted Bundy. I should get a, do a video or something. I don't know. Find some videos of Ted Bundy and, um, you know, compare them. Let's see. Ted Bundy, Republican. Because he gets interviewed and they're like, and the media was, you know, would follow him because he was proclaiming his innocence and He's like making himself to be a victim. And that's the other thing that he reminds me of the Republicans because he was the way he would proclaim himself to be the real victim here, how he was targeted and the media was after him and they were they had already decided he was guilty and it was all fake. It's the same shit. It's the same shtick. I guess it's got to be this. It's a, a the sociopath shuffle or something. So, 
And Vivek, I mean, he gives me the same creeps. Because he's so full of shit. He is such a fraud. And they will vote for him. They love this guy. There's nothing to him. There's absolutely nothing. He's the emptiest of suits. The empty smile. The dead eyes. The nothing. The, sh- the fast-talking shtick. Of, uh, that, that will be, I mean, in the future, when they look back and they, they, they review all of his statements on climate change and things like that, he's going he's, he's to be, be revealed as the, the fraud that he is. It's going to be, you know, they will assess him as the sociopath, the narcissist, the fraud, the fake that he is. The performance artist. Well, here he is. I found it. Here he is rapping Eminem. Oh my God. And why are they cheering? This is the other thing that it gets me with these Republicans. You know, they're always cheering for these idiots. Really? That's a we? <laughs> oh, he's so cool. Oh my <laughs> It's embarrassing. Yes. The old whites think that's rap, Jim says. It's so true. And they're all like, Look at all these white people, these old white crackers. He's old out of the rope. He's old out of the rope. And he's old out of the rope. You better lose yourself. Look at this lady over here in the corner. She's like looking at her fucking watch. Wee! You're a rapper. Look at her. He's rapping. This is so multicultural. I wasn't informed that there would be many cultures here. I didn't know. Look at me. I'm learning about different cultures. Different experiences. Okay. Oh, thank you, Matt, for your super chat. Vivek Rosanna Dana <laughs> has undoubt that's right has undoubtedly tortured animals when he was young. You're right. You are right. Because he reminds me of he's a you know he's a murderer. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> he's a serial murderer. He is. He is. He is Ted Bundy. 
if Ted Bundy had controlled his urge to murder. And you know it. Because I've, uh, you know, in all these documentaries I've seen about Ted Bundy, they they talk about how, you know, if you were friends with Ted Bundy, in fact, he had some uh, girls that he, or women, whatever, that he went out with. And, you know, they never knew. Some of them never knew. When he was in Utah and he was, he joined the Mormon church and they had all of these uh, cards they sent him that he was he was being picked on by the big bad government you know stay strong we're with you and he would have dinner parties and they and the guy that was being interviewed said that he was a great cook and that they were the, all the girls loved him. He had a nice smile. He had that smile and those dead eyes. And yeah, whatever. And look at all these white people thinking that they're uh, they're seeing rap. And who? Why did? Why is he even doing that? You know, he they're playing. Eminem's song and he just get takes a mic and starts rapping along with it and all of the the jerk offs standing around are impressed with it why why did anybody ask? It's look at me. Look at me. And that lady behind. What the, she's like, what is he doing? Oh, he's so impressive, isn't he? They're so impressive, these young fascists nowadays. You know, he's not really rocking the Ernst Strom look, but he's got that Ted Bundy thing down. Oh, and by the way, the the Nazi documentary I couldn't remember yesterday, which is great. It's probably one of the best series of docu it's a nazi it's a it's a it's a nazi it's that's not the way to say it a nazi documentary it's a documentary on nazis and um it's great it's called the abyss you should watch it it's on youtube but anyway republicans are just they're racist they can't help it and i have some more receipts to prove it. For example, the, I don't know if you saw that they these fa- these filthy fascists on Fox News are really. Uh, they, I can't even believe it when I heard it that they are. Um, they're saying that Trump has found a new. <laughs> you probably heard it because this is a couple of days ago, but that they were uh, fawning over Trump's mugshot saying that he has finally broken into the African-American vote with his, with his mugshot. 
you see. They, because what? Because obviously people with darker pigment are impressed with criminals. They like criminals because I guess it takes one to know one. Is that what they're saying? Right? This really got me. But the Democrats' Soviet-style tactics have alienated their most loyal voting bloc. The mugshot has breathed new life into the Trump campaign and broadened his appeal to black Americans. What? Over the weekend, with the help of mugshot merchandise, the Trump campaign raked in over $7 million. Wow. Today, me, my garbage man masturbate. told me he's buying mugshot T-shirts for everyone he knows this. He's buying mug mugshot. I cut it off there. I'm sorry. By accident, I should say. He's buying mugshot T-shirts for everyone, his garbage man. I can't take it. They, they don't realize, do, or do they? Do they realize how racist they are? And then they're, they act like they're so indignant when, they, when, oh, when they're sick of being called racists. Over the weekend, with the help of mugshot merchandise, the Trump campaign mugshot raked in over $7 million. Wow. Today, my garbage man told me he's my buying mugshot T-shirts for everyone he knows this. The Democrats' Soviet-style tactics. Soviet-style taxes for everyone. So he wants us to believe he talks to his garbage man, and that's the only black person he would ever talk to, I guess, or knows. He doesn't know any other black people in life, right? My garbage man told me he's he loves the mugshot. He's buying mugshot t-shirts for everyone he knows. So all these these rubes, these crackers, these white these these Nazis, these KKK, um, David Duke lovers, you know, uh, the Nick Fuentes, all what's left of the proud pricks that they are sitting around thinking that uh, this Christmas, black families all over America are going to be opening up gifts of Trump's mugshot, Trump's face on merchandise. And we're all supposed to be uh, impressed. Or they're supposed to be impressed, which they do they even realize how racist that is? And, you know, it's just another example of Republicans being racist and not being able to help it. They cannot help it. And that's why they are, they're all like, oh, they just call us racist for no reason. It's not just the racism that comes out of your mouth, you know? I mean, it's just, it's worse than that. Because they take that racism and then they vote for people like the con man. And then they enact policies that are racist, you know? It's not just that they're... Um, they're racist in their hearts because we could give a shit if that was the case. Just go away. But they're inflicting it on society. They're 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 bringing their 
their sickness into society. And of course, look, uh, look at this picture though, just an aside, covering for the Bidens. There's a, who's the, the, the sucker who works in the graphics department that had to put this graphic together? of Merrick Garland with his hand up. No, 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 don't, don't come after Joe. Who cares? Oh, and you know, remember the other day I told you about that guy, um, or I play the game, this, this stupid game of Thrones game. And there's a couple of Trump and on there that uh, can't behave. They don't know how to behave themselves as we, they're constantly posting things. And, uh, one of these these idiots actually direct messaged me because they that's who they are they're like oh your boy hunter or something something like i don't give a shit you know and i'm like we i said you know leave me alone like i don't know you they're they can't help it they're trolls in real life you know that's it you know oh your boy hunter covering for the biden's that this is who they are, and then they're like, uh, and one of the idiots on the 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 Trump anzies on the chat was like, "Oh, I got a warning." So apparently, the owners of the game, Warner Brothers, are like, gave him a warning that he was going to be banned, <laughs> probably because he doesn't know how to behave, you know. And then he's like, "Oh, somebody's feelings got hurt." Well, what did you say? What did you say? You see, like, they don't know how to act. Who did you harass with your stupidity? All right, Junior, come on. Everybody is starting to act up now. Okay, so the show, we still got a show. We got 14 minutes. Stop. Get down. Get down. Shit. I should have put him in the room, too. I had to separate, though. I had to separate the kids tonight. It was getting... It was getting weird. Ugh. I don't even know. Oh, I. you know what? This show is all over the place. I blame my... I blame myself for that, really. <laughs> I ha I feel like I I I have to take some responsibility for that. But so I was cuz now I'm thinking I was talking about uh you know unions and I went completely off the rails down a different road that I didn't expect to go down. And I should get back there somehow. So let's see. Here's some recent victories just for Labor Day. Organized labor has won 30 victories for workers' rights over the years, including putting an end to child labor until Republicans are bringing it back slowly. So we, this is the problem. Why you do not vote for them. We have uh, the labor movement won 10 to 16-hour workdays Wait, wait, wait. And, uh, sorry. And, uh, yes. The organized labor has won 30 victories for workers' rights over the years, including putting an end to child labor, 10 
to 16-hour workdays, and that was the norm, you see, before people fought, bled, and died. They literally put their bodies on the line, and some put their bodies in the ground for the eight-hour workday and unsafe working conditions, the end to unsafe working conditions. Key events in labor history include the Battle of Cripple Creek, the 1909 McKees Reich Pennsylvania strike, and the Low Mill Mine, excuse me, the Low Mill Women Organizing, going on strike and mobilizing in politics. So recent union organizing wins have made positive difference in the working lives of people such as the WGA, E and BGE winning their first, or excuse me, BDG winning their first contract. In 2022, there was a rare burst of union momentum producing some major victories, including workers voting in favor of unionizing in 72% of election of union elections held that's that's incredible in spite of all the the union bashing uh, that we've had to endure since reagan trickled on our legs and told us or well peed on our legs and told us it was trickle, trickling of the of the 1,249 union elections held in 2022 alone, 72% um, voted in favor of unionizing. That's incredible. And that's good news. So let's see. Here's some of the victories 30 victories for workers' rights. One over the years. The shoemakers, and this is in 1794, they or shoe, shoemakers organized America's first union. The rise of the journeyman societies in 17, 1794 led to the creation of the Federal Society of Journeymen Cord Wainers of Philadelphia, which worked to protect wages of shoemakers who toiled in a large and profitable industry. The society was the first true union and can be considered the genesis of the American labor movement. I didn't know that. In 1842, a court, well, this is the Commonwealth versus Hunt, legalized unions in America in 1842. That's interesting. In 1866, the National Labor Union is created. The end of slavery emboldened laborers around the country to capitalize on the national sentiment and pursue better conditions for themselves. A year after the Civil War, the formation of the National Labor Union pre represented the first nationally organized workers' rights group. That's, I mean, isn't it a shame? We should have that today. The organizers, the organization's efforts went a long way to raising awareness, but the group dissolved in 1873. And soon after a series of violent strikes and successful corporate anti-labor campaigns compelled 
much of America to sour on the labor movement. But then, of course, then you have the Gilded Age and all that, and all these robber barons uh, treating people like hosts from which to suck profit and discard, and that's what happened. In 1882, the first Labor Day parade marks a movement. In 1882, New York City hosted the first, con- the country's first Labor Day parade. 10,000 workers marched in what is now an annual event. Interesting. See that? 1882. Although uh, the parade, of course, did not directly improve working conditions, the movement signified a psychological victory for labor and indicated a shift in public opinion that would ultimately lead to the rise of the progressive era in the 20th century. Thank God for that. And, of course, the famous uprising of the 20,000 In 1909, the women's rights movement and the labor movement converged in what became known as the uprising of the, not the 2,000, the 20,000. What do I have, dyslexia now, all of a sudden? And uh, the uprising of the 20,000, a strike launched by sweatshop laborers known as the shirtwaist workers, who were mostly young immigrant women. The strikers protested low wages, long hours, and appalling conditions, especially the frequent and intentional locking of doors, which we know what happened there, The fire and fire escapes to prevent workers from leaving and even taking breaks. The uprising secured the support of the powerful and well-heeled Women's Trade Union League, and by 1910, most of the protesters employers agreed to sign union contracts except which leads us to in in 1911 the triangle shirtwaist factory fire which was the deadliest industrial disaster in new york city history changed the course of the labor movement when the triangle shirtwaist factory fire killed 146 sweatshop workers, mostly women. Although the owners and management staff escaped unharmed, the workers found themselves in a death trap of locked doors, blocked fire escapes, and highly flammable material, like the kind uh, the 1909 protesters had warned about. And in fact, the Triangle Shirtwaist factory that became that is now uh, a a landmark in New York City um was the the this particular factory did not adopt the the changes that came about because of the uprising of the 20,000 which uh they certainly paid a heavy price the ultimate price some um, Although the fire itself, of course, was hardly a victory for labor, the death of the workers was not in vain. It galvanized the previously scattered and frequently infighting labor movement to unify and stoked public outrage and demand for change. 
So there you go. In 1913, and directly as a result of the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire, the Department of Labor is formed. The efforts of generations of labor activists were realized, at least in part, when President William Howard Taft signed the law creating the U.S. Department of Labor, which, of course, right-wingers are constantly attacking and trying to put, you know, their own uh, people who hate the Department of Labor uh, to get in there and destroy it from the inside, as they do. The labor movement now has had representation at, in a cabinet-level agency. So there you go. In 1916, I mean, this is to me, this is interesting. I don't know about you. We only have three minutes, so. This is Labor, labor Day here. It's coming here. It's coming here, okay? Labor Day. In 1916... The Keating-Owen Act briefly curtails child labor until Sarah Huckerby Sanders brings it back. No, I'm just kidding. But in 1916, the turn of the, by the turn of the 20th century, 20, sorry, I have dyslexia tonight. By the turn of the 20th century, two million children were laboring on farms, uh, in on city streets in mills, in mines, in factories, and in stores. The work of social reformers and nation uh, because wait, the work of social reformers and a nationwide campaign by National Child Labor Committee photographer William H. Hine to chronicleize and to chron is that a word? To chronicle and publicize the abuses. Chronicleize is like chronicle and publicize. The abuses led to calls for reform. In 1916, the Keating-Owing Act limited the number of hours children would work and prohibited interstate sale of merchandise produced by child labor. But the filthy fascist Supreme Court ruled the act unconstitutional just nine months later. You see, this is where... We are today with this filthy fascist Supreme Court. That's Ted Cruz sucking on a binky. And here's some of the photos that were taken that changed public hearts and minds. And, of course, that's why Republicans want to continue to limit our exposure and our understanding of each other. You know, one of the... Th in fact, um, this is not about... It's almost related, you know. I, I'm of the belief that the way, you know, animal rights and human rights are, of course, intertwined. And you know my feelings about that. So, um, but what was I saying? Whatever. Uh, I, the music is here. Damn it. We're not going to stop, though. We will never stop. Uh, well, I'll finish this. I'll finish this in a minute. We will win. We're on the right side of history. Decency, dignity, democracy, humanity. Oh, yeah, I know what I was going to say. Republicans, uh, 
their answer to the abuse in factory farms was to make it illegal to film or photograph factory farms. You see what I'm saying? Eh. We stick together. We win. Happy Labor Day. I'll see you soon. Become a patron, damn it. Right? So their, their uh, response to the abuse that was going on, that, that, that disgusted people, that was going on in factory farms, was to make it illegal to photograph or videotape what was going on in the factory farms. That's the republic. Isn't that? Doesn't that say it all about right wingers? Incredible. So here's some of the photographs. Well, I just want to look at these photographs, and then we'll we'll call it a night because I gotta lay down. I'm I got a headache. Look, look at this poor girl. Right? I mean, these are human beings that lived. It's us. It's, they seem so distant, right? It seems so so unreal. But these are human. And here's a kid with no shoes. Wow. Western Union messengers. Kids. That's, uh, you know. That's how Sarah Huckabee Sanders. This is this this is uh, what the Sarah Huckabee Sanders way. Textile mill workers, chil- all children, spinners. You know they had those little uh, fingers. Not that they wouldn't lose a f- couple now and then, but how many fingers do you really need? Eleven years old, picking cotton. It totes a 50 pounds sack. 11 years old. Picks 75 to 125 pounds of cotton a day and totes 50 pounds of it when a sack gets filled. No, I don't like it very much, she says. 1916. Jesus. Look at this kid here. I wonder how long he lived. Coming out of the coal mine. A greaser. On the tipple of the at the Bessie mine, he said he was fourteen, but it is doubtful. He carries two pails of grease. He's probably younger. He's probably ten, eleven, and is often in danger of being run over by coal cars. Photographed in December of nineteen ten. Jesus Christmas now. Ten cents a day. What? Not ten cents. Wait, wait, wait. Mini Carpenter in November of 1908. Mini makes 50 cents for a 10 hour day as a spinner at a mill. <sighs> Pipe Smoke and Messenger Boy. Who said he was 15? Oh, it's so quaint, you know. 
the good old days, as Republicans will call it. Uh, the boys putting up the pins at the arcade. Mm. A young driver at the Brown Mine. Driving pack animals for one year. Working from 7 a.m. to 5.30. The device attached to his cap is an oil wick lamp, which would be lit when he was working in the mine tunnels. Look at this shit. You see, the notion of childhood uh, is a is a liberal invention. It's a progressive invention. The notion of childhood as a time where children should be invested in and cultivated to become functioning and well-rounded adults. That's a progressive invention. Prove me wrong. This is, we're looking at it. Fire, fire. I want to make the fire, an Italian boy on Salem Street on Saturday morning, offering to make fires for Jewish people on their Sabbath in Boston. Hmm. Poor things, right? Jeez. And then, you know, all these uh, right-wingers, masters of the universe, uh, uh, walked by without even blinking. That's just the way it is. Right. An injured mill worker injured while working in the Sanders spinning mill. A piece of machini machinery fell on his foot, mashing his toe. This caused him to fall into a spinning machine and his hand went into it in un unprotected gear, crushing and tearing out two fingers. He told the investigating attorney that he was 11 when it happened, and his younger brother worked in the mill several months before the accident. Their father, R.L. Newsom, tried to compromise with the company when they when he found out the boy would receive money and not the parents. Their, money, their mother tried to blame the boys for getting jobs on their own, but she let them work several months. Their aunt said, now he's just got to where he could be of some help to his ma, and then this happens, and he can't never work no more like he oughta. Um, well, there you go. That's America. That's the kind of America because where you don't read or go to school or learn those uh, liberal books, those book learning flushing and wiping and all that liberal stuff that you do. Mm. Mm. Rolling cigarettes. All right. Anyway. 
Listen, guys, there you go. Yep. Winston on the chat. Sarah Huckabee Sanders is just fine with this. Well, it teaches them the responsibility. Training wages. Thank you, Covert White Rabbit. Like, share, comment, and subscribe. If you don't, Francis will come to your house and pee on your couch. That's right. He told me. Remember, we stick together, we win. We do. Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that, Covert White Rabbit. It means a lot. And for your super chat. Oh, man. Noon hour at the Ewan Breaker Pennsylvania Coal Company. 1911. I wonder how many of these young boys lived until their middle age. Working in the coal mine. Mm. Barefoot, newsy. Look at this dude behind him with the briefcase. A 10-year-old spinner takes a momentary, momentary glimpse outside of the outside world. She had been working there for more than a year. What a world. What a freaking world. But this is the this is conservative dreamland. Do you understand? This really is. This is the good old days. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. All right, that's the end of the, that's the end of the pho photographies. All right, guys, listen, listen, listen. We will win, and um. We're, I'm not, we're not off on Monday, by the way. Mike Malloy is going to... He's going to be off. He's taking the day off, and Robin Kincaid and I are going to fill in for the Mike Malloy show. So that'll be nice. If you can, hang out. Listen if you're, you know, I mean, whatever. It is Labor Day, but whatever. Just listening to a radio show. And I will, and we'll also be filling in for Tuesday as well. And I appreciate that. And you can listen to Mike on as a, as a podcast at the at his website mikemalloy.com become a member and a patron of me if you can. And, uh, yeah, and also on Progressive Voices at 9 p.m. All right, guys? Listen, listen, listen. I got to go. I'm tired. You know, I didn't have a lot of sleep last night. I'm, and I've been very tired all day. And I, that's why I didn't drink coffee tonight. So my, I feel like I have a migraine. I was a little nauseous, whatever. Who cares? My feet stink. My, I got corns. My bunions are acting up. My, my back hurts. My... My, I got gas, you know. I, 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 I need to lay down. Oh, all right. And I need to let Booty and Ray out of detention. But we, we will win. Thank you for the show. Thank you, Jim, for hanging out. 
Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Jim, for the super chat, and Matt for the super chat, and Covert White Rabbit. And thank you all, patrons, keeping me going. And we are on. Take a COVID test? Maybe. I do have some. It's going. It's coming back. It's back on the upswing. I I will. I will take it. I'll take it tomorrow. I'm tired. I don't think I have it. I don't, you know, it's not in my lungs. I just feel tired. Well, maybe that's part of it. It's starting. I just feel run down. All right. I got I was thinking of getting the the, you know, the booster. I, I will get it, but I'm saying that I was thinking, oh, I should get it, you know, now. All right, guys, we will win. We're on the right side of history. We are. If those pictures don't tell us we are, you need to review them again. That's right, Junior. We're on the right side of decency, dignity, democracy, humanity. Thank you so much for hanging out tonight guys i love you all i really do my name is tara devlin and i'll see you i'll see you soon hope maybe monday maybe well, you won't see me you hear me but i will see you because i watch because i could see everybody that listens so. <laughs> all right i'm only kidding i'll see you soon